Welcome back to our In This Case Profile series, where we're featuring conversations with members of our Hilti North America executive management team. Coming up today, I'm talking with Jason Janney, General Manager of the Central U.S. Market Organization. Welcome to In This Case, a podcast from Hilti that goes behind the scenes at one of the most iconic brands in the world of construction. We'll talk to the people who make it all happen and ask them who, how, what if, and of course, why. Here's your host, Farron Bennett. Jason Janney, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you, Farron. You have a 25-year career in management, leadership, and team building. What was your goal and objective coming out of university? Yeah, Farron, I was one of those unusual kids who actually knew exactly what he wanted to do. I was steered toward engineering school by my parents. I went to Vanderbilt, and I knew that I wanted to do engineering, study engineering, learn about that and how machines work. I'm a mechanical engineer, but I knew that I wanted to parlay that pretty quickly into a business career. So my plan coming out of high school was to get an engineering degree, which I did, work for a few years at a great company, which I did, and then go to business school full-time, which I which I did. And I won't claim to have been visionary enough as a high schooler to go beyond that, but that was the that was kind of the five to six year plan when I graduated from high school. I know our listeners will be interested in hearing a bit about your career before Hilti, and we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. But first, how did you and Hilti connect about eight years ago? I was at Danaher at the time, and my career was going very well, and a persistent recruiter from a very good company contacted me, and, and this individual had done a very good job understanding what a person like me might be interested in. And he convinced me to come meet with him in the Chicago office, which I did. I prepared for. I didn't know very much about Hilti, but I was starting to be a little bit curious about what my next career step might be. So I went down and and, uh, this this introductory meeting, which was essentially a screening interview, also involved the the office head of of this global recruiting company. And about 20 minutes into the meeting, the office head got up and left the room. And I figured, okay, well, that was that. That didn't go very well. About five, six minutes later, he walked back in with a piece of scratch paper and he interrupted his colleague and he handed me this paper said, these, these are three dates. I need you to pick one of these dates and fly down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'd like you to meet with Carrie Everett. And I said, okay, well, that's, you know, that's kind of going fast, but okay. And um, a few weeks later, I found myself in the lobby of our then headquarters, now operating center in Tulsa. I met Carrie Everett and I spent the better part of five hours with a combination of him, our HR head at the time, Keith Kirk also. Uh, who was in the training department and gave me a tour. Ironically, Keith works for me now. He's one of our best regional managers, runs our business in Arkansas and Southern Missouri. I could tell the long version of the story, but the short version of the story is I, I saw the company through Carrie's eyes and I was incredibly impressed by him and the company and and um, the rest from there is, is history. Jason, I'd like to take the chance to ask you how this very long year has been for you both personally and professionally? Well, for me personally, like everybody on our teams, it's been a very challenging year. It's been a year of incredible learning. It's been a year where 
my team members and I are incredibly proud of many things that our people are accomplishing and what our customers are accomplishing. Thankfully, I have a, a very healthy family and we've been able to get through this together. We've spent more time together than we're used to because I haven't been traveling and our kids have been home. Thankfully, they're now back in school, which I really appreciate all of our educators for making that possible. But it has been a very interesting year for lots of reasons. And one of them is how it's caused, I think, a lot of people to reevaluate their priorities and, and, and reappreciate what's important to them and, and who's important to them and to slow down a little bit and, and understand what's important in life and maybe to take a few things less for granted. Absolutely. What about the 600 team members in your central U.S. market organization? How has this year affected them and your customers? Well, I'll start with our customers. They're incredible because in most every place, the decision-making governmental authorities made the determination that construction is a vital industry. So our contractors, our customers had the, had the ability to continue working. They had a lot of challenges, and they they really, as an industry, rose up to the challenges. They put a lot of processes and equipment and steps in place to protect their employees, to keep work going, to keep jobs uh, vibrant, which is really important for their companies, for the projects that they work on, for their own customers, and for the local economy. So I've always been incredibly impressed, and anybody who has commented on how our business has performed this year, they have to know that all the credit belongs to our customers because they have just done a a wonderful job keeping their businesses moving forward. And our job is to is to serve them as best we can. And yeah, the people of MO Central have been very impacted by this, some very deeply touched by this horrible disease. Many of our people are also very impacted by the real vivid realization of the inequality in our society as well. It's it's impossible to think about 2020 without thinking about how front and center, as it should be, this very important topic is. And so our people have been touched by the disease. We have some team members who have lost loved ones, which is horrible. Um, and we have many team members who have experienced a lot of pain uh, because of the inequities that this year has highlighted. And in our family, we have this expression, 2020 sucks. It does suck. We're looking forward to this year being behind us and hoping the best for the future. But what we've been able to as a as a company in my organization accomplish this year has been because of really great work by our customers and the the people of MO Central. I'm proud of the work they've done to to support those customers and keeping their businesses going forward. Jason, back in the summer, you joined about 100 other Dallas Regional Chamber leaders in signing a declaration publicly committing to lead the change to pursue racial justice and equity for all. How is this going? As a result of the Dallas Regional Chamber making that statement, we have commissioned a DE&I council across the full board of the Dallas Regional Chamber And there are four different subcommittees of that. One of those is diversity and leadership. And I've raised my hand and I serve as one of the three co-chairs of that subcommittee. The two other leaders are are very uh, vibrant, excellent executives in our community that I'm proud to serve with. 
And um, what's interesting about this, Farron, is I, I don't know the answer. And this is a really hard set of problems. And I'm not accustomed to going into a project where I don't have a beat on the answer. And this one, we don't know the answer. We're going to convene a number of, of very smart and very committed business leaders on this work stream alone to, to get ideas, introduce ourselves to each other, and set a course for, for a lengthy piece of work. This is, this is not a, a one-month project. This is thankfully not a, a, a flash in the pan. This is a permanent realization that we have a big problem that we have to address as a society. And that is true in North Texas, that's true across the great state, and that's true across our country and even more broadly our world. And and um, maybe ask me again in the future what we accomplished. We've not accomplished much yet. We've got a lot of work to do, but the steps that we're taking are are serious. And it's a serious problem, so it deserves a serious response. I'd like to change things up a bit and go back to your early work. You were employed at Straub's Market in high school. What did you learn from working in retail at such an age? I learned how to probably be patient a little bit. My job was first as a bagger. I later got promoted to vacuumer. And then I was a produce clerk part-time. And on Saturday nights, I got to work with the butchers to clean out all of the, uh, the meat shop. I learned some real salty tales from those guys, by the way. But what I learned more as a kid working at Straub's more than I did the years before where my main income source was mowing lawns. I learned how to interact with people and and how to listen to them and try to understand their needs. And as a relatively gawky teen boy, I had some experience talking with people and learning some fundamentals of how to interact with them. Jason, back in August, you led the Hilti Employee Giving Campaign for the United Way here in North Texas. And we saw a record number of participants and dollars raised. Can you share what was your sales pitch to team members to give back, not only to the United Way, but to other organizations? My job was to educate and put the people from the United Way of of Greater Dallas and the constituents, some of the partners they work with in connection with our people. I'm not one who can talk greatly about these needs, but I can twist some arms and, and challenge some team members to to pay attention and then lit the voices of the United Way and their partner organizations that have, have the stage. And we have great people at Hilti. I knew as the chair that if we could just effectively, especially in a virtual environment, we could just effectively get our people's ears open to the messages that the United Way partners had to bring, that the rest would take care of itself. And and man, the Hilti people definitely rose up. They did an incredible job, like you said, beat our goal by 50%, which means we just set too low of a goal and we probably didn't expect enough of ourselves. And Hilti people know we have the privilege to work for a company that's very stable right now. We have a very benevolent owner who cares deeply about this company, has made vast assurances of the stability of our company. And there are many, many people in greater Dallas who don't have that same level of confidence. So it is up to us, companies like us, to step up. 
equally important to our caring culture is the fact that Hilti is performance-oriented. What key initiatives are you working on with your team members? The most important thing for us is we have to be as efficient as we can. Our, our customers, they deserve the very best of us. And, and we are, albeit we're a large organization compared to the vast network of distributors that our competitors sell through, we're actually a drop in the bucket. So we have to really be great at the small number of customers that together represent 80% of our business. And so making sure that every one of our team members is ready to be their best and to, and to put the resources around them so they can be as efficient and effective as possible in front of the customer is the main thing that we're working on. All of the uh, customer engagement, we've got a lot of, of, of corporate initiatives around that, and those are really important. But when it boils down to it, Farron, it's a Hilti professional and a customer professional working together to solve a problem that that customer has. And is our team member confident in, trained in, knowledgeable in the services, the products, all the resources that she has available to bring to bear to help the customer solve the problem, or or isn't she? My job is to make sure that she is confident, that she is knowledgeable, that she can bring all those amazing resources to bear for that customer. And that's what drives this customer loyalty metric that we call customer engagement. Part of your role as a leader is developing other leaders, either directly or by encouraging your leadership team to do that. What advice do you give people about being successful at Hilti? There's two things there. One is, as an individual, you've got to submit yourself to the, the curiosity and you've got to care about the other person enough to, to listen. It's a hard skill to listen, to put aside your own thoughts, your own inclination to want to respond, and to really submit yourself to what does this person want to communicate and and what are they communicating through their word, through their body language, through their emotions, and then to seek to understand what really is important to them. And that takes curiosity, that takes patience, that takes humility to do that. And that's true if you're an account manager calling on your largest account. And that's also true if you're a leader supervising a team. You've you've got to care enough about the other person to put them before yourself, to put their needs, their message, their cares ahead of your own. And when we do that as people, we can be amazing as individuals, as leaders. And when we put ourselves first and we distract ourselves, we think about our responses, we think about our problems while we're in the audience of a team member or a customer, we're we're not as often going to be our best. Jason, I'm not going to ask you where you see yourself in five years. That's a discussion between you and your boss. But I would like your insight on where you see Hilti as a company in five years. We have to become a more service and technology-oriented business. We've always been a mechanical, electrical, but also chemical technology company. The innovations that we've brought are remarkable and we should all be proud of the ways that we've changed job sites in the physical world. The problem, Farron, is that there's there's really no industry left on earth 
that is as inefficient or as untouched by technological revolution as construction. And it's a miracle every day that our customers do such an incredible job building buildings despite all the forces that go against them. And we have to get better at helping customers break through in digital technology. We have to therefore bring our sales teams, which are vast in number, and they're largely the way that our customers know us is through that man or woman in their red truck. We have to equip those team members to really be bringing software and services and solutions to their customers. We're going to still sell incredible TE hammer drills. We're going to be in the chemical anchor business for a very long time, but that's not going to get us to double the size of the business in the U.S. and Canada. We're only going to get there if we really bring our organization along as a partner to add value in building information management, for example, or asset tracking, things that can incredibly reduce the waste that permeates almost every job site. Well, it's time for the lightning round. Five quick questions and your answers. First, what is your favorite city in the world and why? South Lake, Texas, Farron. That's where the people I love the most live. It's a small town that's roughly equidistant from both Fort Worth and Dallas. Top-rated school district in the whole state and uh, and a, a wonderful place to live. What one character trait do you admire most in other people? Authenticity. Being confident enough in who you are to be open about that and, and reveal yourself to others. What's the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Do your job. Do your job really well. And let the people around you that you work for be shepherds of your career and let them help you make your steps forward. But whatever progress you make in your career, it's fundamentally going to come down to how well you do in your job. If you could pick one superpower, what would that be? Speed reading. I love reading. I read as much and as broadly as I can but I'm a really slow reader. And if I could have any one superpower, it would be the ability to read a a book, a newspaper, a magazine, cover to cover very quickly. And lastly, what profession other than what you're doing right now would you like to do most? I'd be a race car driver because it's competitive. It's exciting. It involves going to see different challenges on different tracks in different cities All those guys and gals are all handsome. They all look good. So driving a shiny race car would be a lot of fun. Jason Janning, General Manager, Central Market Organization. Thanks for the conversation on In This Case. In This Case is a production of Hilti North America. To give us feedback, ask a question, or share an idea for a future podcast, email HiltiDirect at Hilti.com.